Hello, welcome to Safe Travels Podcast. I'm your host, Damien. The Safe Travels Podcast is about finding expert advice so you can enjoy worry-free travel. Even though most travel is still shut down right now, some parts of the country are starting to move around a little bit. I was curious about getting some advice for those who are still concerned about coronavirus, but who might need to fly, whether it's work or another necessary reason. What could they do to minimize exposure, get through the flying process easily, and with as little concern as possible? In today's show, it's a little bit different because there is definitely a product pitch but it's a service that can help minimize your time in the airport and make your trip a bit more worry-free. I'm speaking with Brian Altamare, who founded a luggage shipping service called Lugless. Brian pitched this on Shark Tank years ago, and even though it did not go the way he wanted, he still grew the company, it thrived, and it was later acquired. In the show, Brian will talk about how this service minimizes your airport time and therefore your exposure to coronavirus. He'll talk about his Shark Tank experience. Then, in a little departure from the normal on the show, he will offer some entrepreneurial advice for those who might have an idea that they want to run with. Show notes will be available. If you go to our Twitter feed, Safe Travels FM, you'll find links to that. So please enjoy this discussion with Brian Altamare from Lugless. Brian, thanks a lot for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. If you wouldn't mind, could you give the audience a quick overview of who you are, what you do, and your area of expertise? Sure. My name is Brian Altamari. I am in the travel space. I'm the head of business development for a company called Lugless, which is a luggage shipping service that is a replacement for checking bags and paying airline baggage fees for travelers in the U.S., and you founded Lugless, is that correct? Originally, I did. I'm now founder mentality. Uh, started in 2019, and it was acquired in 2015 by uh, a larger logistics firm. And I've been back the last two plus years heading up business development in that uh, sole role. So a very different role moving forward in, in the last two years. But yes, originally, it was uh, something I started, but right now, it's pretty much name only. And how did that come about? Was it an idea that you had? Was it scratching your own itch? Actually, my partners and I, we started, oddly enough, in the college space. We had a pretty successful college shipping and storage business, and we ran that for a couple of years, and we did quite well with that. However, since college, as you probably know, it's uh, seasonal. So we were generating a good amount of revenue, but it's really only from, let's say, February, people start planning for the end of the year. So it was like four months, five months, we were actually active in servicing customers. And throughout the rest of the year, we were burning through all of our available cash. And since we set up a platform that did pretty much shipping and storage, we decided to figure out what was a full-time business that we could do to get cash flow in every day and also be something that, you know, pivoted a little bit outside of college that would help travelers and an adult 24-7. And that's how Lugless was born. And shortly after we started it, that blew up pretty fast for us compared to the college uh, niche market. So I transitioned into focusing really just on Lugless and some of the other team members handled the college and shipping and storage component for the duration. And I know some of this led to a Shark Tank pitch on the television show. And I know some of those lessons might not transfer to real life and outside of TV, but were there some lessons that you learned there that you'd like to share? Oh, definitely. It's, I would say over the years, a love-hate relationship. Uh, at this point, nothing but love. We didn't get a deal. But I would say, personally, what I learned is I prepared for many months. It was a uh, grueling process. I guess what I learned is reality TV is not real. So that was, you know, I was focused very much on the business side, but I forgot to factor in the, the entertainment component. So it definitely was like a deer in headlights at time. But I'm glad that, you know, I was able to take away from that experience that exposure is good no matter what, despite not getting a deal and failing in, you know, my eyes. It was 
a success, if you think about it, being part of pop culture and getting the idea out there. It definitely helped not only grow the business, not getting a deal, but personally, it was nice to get my ego out of the way, get my 15 minutes of fame and go, all right, that's not what I thought it would be. And I'm glad I did that. And now kind of can focus on you know real life. So we had gotten in touch about talking coronavirus specific concerns and trying to make those mm-hmm. aspects easier. But I'd love to just talk about how you can remove a lot of travel worries, travel concerns in general, just by shipping your luggage. I think I've seen it before, but I've never really researched it enough to consider it myself. Can you give us kind of the pitch for Lugless? Yeah, I can give you the pitch. So yes, definitely coronavirus changed a little bit for us, how we're positioned. But what Lugless is, is the fastest, cheapest, safest way to get through the airport for everyone. And we do that through shipping your luggage ahead of time. And what we call ourselves is the low cost replacement to check your bags and pay airline baggage fees. Our pricing, just so you know, starts as low as $15 a bag and average orders are plus or minus a check bag fee for one and two bags. And when you start checking more than two bags, we are pretty much nine times out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 cheaper. And by going through the airport faster in the past, before coronavirus, it was just more the convenience and the stress-free travel. Now, just as a byproduct with all of what's going on and, and constantly evolving is it's a safer way to get through since you touch less surfaces, you don't congregate in uh, crowded check-in lines, I guess at this point, not crowded, but still check-in lines and you can social distance. So that's one of the byproducts is we help you get through the airport faster and you know not for more money, but for less. So as I'm thinking about it, I have a few things that come to mind right away. So it seems like you'd have to pack early to use a product like this. How early do you need to do that in order to get it shipped and get it there in time? Yeah, so you can, I mean, obviously you can do overnight. That's more expensive, but just so your audience knows, any service that we offer, the fastest or slowest speed, it's anywhere from 20 to 60% less than a FedEx or UPS while still leveraging them and using them for the long haul of the shipping. But traditionally, if you want our, our cheapest rates, you would, it depends if you're going from New York to Boston as opposed to New York to California, it's anywhere from three to five days in advance you'd want to prepare. So if you knew your check-in day at the hotel or Airbnb or wherever you're staying, you'd ideally want to send it so it arrives a day ahead of time. So you have to pack ahead. And what's interesting, Damien, is we were we are a disrupt brand and a service. And that was pre-COVID. People were like, I'm not going to pack ahead of time. I'm just going to bring it last minute. Well, it's actually we're seeing that change because of all the restrictions and the processes of getting to the airport and having to come earlier for your bags to be sanitized. People are looking at us now, and that's been the last two weeks. We've seen kind of a spike as we're moving out of the former phase where things were pretty flatlined, is people are wanting to get it there and avoid that process uh, of bringing it to the airport. So certainly, if you think of it as a week ahead of time, that gives you plenty of time to get it done, ordered, picked up, and and off. Exactly. Yeah. So the way it works is just so your audience knows as well is it's more of a DIY model, which lends itself also to be more on demand. Is you can send your bags from a FedEx or UPS store and simply just print the labels at your home, drop it off, and that's it. Or yes, in the booking path, there are options for a pickup. So you can do a doorstep pickup as well, and a subset of our our, our users and customers do that. But a majority of them just are happy to not wait around for a pickup and just drop it off at a UPS and FedEx store to keep costs low and just to go about their business throughout the day and the week, you know, as they prepare for the trip without their stuff because it's already taken care of. One of my other thoughts that comes up is damage to the bag. I've had them go through the airport and the wheels get knocked off and stuff like that. Is there an insurance aspect to it? 
Yeah, it's a full insurance, just like you would if, you know, FedEx or UPS. In the booking path, I believe you can purchase up to $700 per bag. And then post-booking, you can cover up to $3,500 per bag. But yes, customers decide, you know, for peace of mind, if they want to add some some insurance. And yes, we completely cover if there's, uh, you know, anything happens. But one of the things that we do, Damien, is we like to say you shouldn't send your luggage naked. So we recommend that they put it in a box. A lot of our users, okay. they either buy their own box, if they have plenty of time to plan, they can save money by getting them on Amazon and we have links to boxes that way. Or if it's last minute, they can spend a little bit more money, but it's convenient. They can go to a FedEx and UPS store and place it in a box. But yes, if there are any damage, which is rare, you know, I can't say it doesn't happen. It's shipping and it's logistics, but FedEx and UPS are the ones who are doing the shipping with us and for us. So if they cover it, we cover it and we take care of that process and we make it very easy for the user in that small case that it happens. And every year I take a trip with my family, uh, a couple of kids, and we have these two humongous bags that we take. Are there any oversized bag limitations or is it really just at that point, you're just shipping a giant box? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. If it's a normal box that FedEx and UPS would take, and if it's oversized uh, or an airline would take it and it's oversized, we we would ship that. And I think for the slowest service, I think I did New York to California for an oversized 70 pounds type of bag or box, which is pretty much the max that most people would weigh a bag to is around $54, $56. So it's not that much more expensive than a regular check bag that we offer. Than checking it, right? Certainly for oversized stuff. Yeah, I mean, oversized stuff, again, it's interesting because, yeah, the first two bags with an airline now, anywhere from $30 to $35 for the second, $40 to $45, that's $70 to $80. But when you get to the third, fourth, or just oversized, overweight, airlines vary, but it's anywhere from $100 to $200. So in that case, we are always less. And if most cases, half the price, if not hundreds of percents less by having you send at least that oversized and overweight bag. So some people may still want to check one bag, but if they know that their oversized or overweight bag is going to get hit with a hefty fee, they can use La Glass just to send that extra item or if it's skis, golf clubs, which are notorious for being an oversized category with most airlines. Yeah, you mentioned golf. So what are some of the use cases? Who typically uses this service? So, I mean, pretty much everyone, but if we want to break it down, starting there is, yeah, people that go on ski trips anywhere in the U.S., out west, east coast, people that are going on golf trips solo or with friends, you know, different weekend getaways, people that are actually bikers, they put their bike in a box and they do uh, pretty cool tours out west and they can ship them from place to place so they don't have to worry about that. And then for the majority of the non-ski and golf and bike and adventure seekers, we have a large base of college students just because of our, our pricing and also the ease of use. And also, I guess, just because college kids have stuff at the beginning and the end of the year. So if college kids, and then, yeah, as you said, a family of four, typically it's, it's pretty much a nightmare. I don't have a family, but I know many people that obviously do. And it is pretty cumbersome to have three or four bags and still have to take care of your children in an airport, especially now with all the safety restrictions. You really want to make sure everyone, you know, is personal space is being protected, they're being safe and personal hygiene is being looked after. So, you know, that's a large part of our audience and just pretty much anyone that's not looking to check their bag and, and pay those hefty baggage fees. It's a lot of people that are doing basic economy flights where maybe 70 bucks for the ticket, but the bags are going to cost them a hundred. We're good use case for them. And then I think that the coolest one that we have, Damien, is the Airbnb case. If you're staying in an Airbnb, let's say New York, your flight gets in at nine in the morning, but your check-in's not till 3 p.m. 
and first time in New York and you got these two bags and now you need to figure out what to do with that bag so you can enjoy your day because there's no like a, a hotel lobby. You can't just leave it with the lobby. We provide a hold for pickup at a nearby FedEx or UPS and in a city like New York, that's right around the block in most cases. So they can get off the plane at 9 a.m. and they can go about their day and have fun. And at 2.30, half hour before check-in, they go to the FedEx or UPS store, pick up their bag or box, and they go to check-in for the Airbnb. And the same on the reverse, their last day, their flight may not be till nine at night, but their checkout's 11 a.m. What do they do with their luggage or box all day long? They can just drop it off at the FedEx and UPS and go to the Statue of Liberty or wherever they'd like and go from there to the airport and go on home. Well, I'm kind of sold because I know that one of the best things about about my travel day with the family, we get to the airport, all these giant bags, we get them finally checked in into the little conveyor belt that goes down, and then you feel a big weight come off your shoulders. So this is basically moving that feeling way ahead of time. So it's out of the house days before you're even going. So I can see where that would reduce quite a bit of stress. That's awesome. Just to add to that, because you're correct, it's actually one of the, the cool features and, and reasons that people send it ahead is they also send it so it arrives a day before or that day. So when they get on their flight, they get a notification email from us saying, hey, your bag's been delivered. It's that same feeling as you just mentioned is, you know, dropping it off the conveyor belt. It's even ahead, more ahead of time. It's maybe before they get to the airport, they go, oh, cool. My bags are already there. Now they go to the airport going, I'm, I'm just ready to enjoy this, you know, airport and flight experience and, you know, check in and not have to wait a baggage claim at the other end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part too. I'd love to shift a little bit. This is outside the topic area for safe travels, but I'd love to get some entrepreneurial advice because you have experience in this area. I think the situation with coronavirus right now is changing the workplace and the economy quite a bit. A lot mm -hmm. of people working at home. I think things will be shifted quite a bit and there could be a big entrepreneurial boom as people sort of reinvent their careers and their path in life. So I'd love to just ask you, can you share some key tips for success from someone with an idea, someone that might have an idea that they'd like to tackle? I mean, I probably have been over the years, multiple companies and multiple pieces of advice, but looking back, fail early and fail fast and fail often. I don't think I would know what I do know now if I didn't take a risk when I was younger and at least explore multiple different ideas that nine times out of 10 don't pan out. But it's really just being okay to fail and not let that be a barometer for your future success. Because if you read, you know, anyone who's an entrepreneur, a budding entrepreneur, everyone who's successful has failed multiple times. So I think, you know, the fear of failure is real and we all have it, but you got to really embrace it and fall into it. So that's just one piece of advice. Second, if anyone has the ability to create a product versus a service, I've been trying my whole career to come up with a product because that's a tangible item, obviously inherent, you know, complexities with that, but having a service also lends itself to a very different model. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you know, after 10 years of being in and out of luggage shipping with Lugless, that we seem to be more essential these days, which I wouldn't have predicted, especially with everything going on in the world. But services tend to, and I think we're seeing this, Damien, across multiple industries, that service-based industries are very hit by economic woes and just things of that nature. So products, I think, if you have it in you and, and that route, that would be, again, maybe just wishful thinking for me is I, I one day want to have a Product. So just passing that on to anyone who's toying with a product versus a service. And for someone with an idea, if they get off the ground, if they get started, yep. they get past some of the failure concerns. 
How can they avoid some of the common mistakes that people might make? Sure, definitely. I can only speak from my experience. I had a company right out of college. I did it with three college buddies. I would say be careful who you go into business with, especially if you're close with them, family or friends. It will destroy potentially, and most times it does, unless you're lucky, those relationships. I have since fixed those relationships, and now I'm closer than ever, but there were many years. So we're really close college friends, and we did not speak due to business. So that's one piece, and I would say another important piece, because I've done this as well, is having too many people as partners and co-founders. I would do your best to limit it to more than one. I think it's hard when you're on your own. It's a lot of stress. It's always good to have someone else. But once you have three or four people as partners, there's you know death by committee type of attitude, and it's pretty hard to come to a consensus. Obviously not always the case, but that's advice that has been given to me, and, and I didn't listen to it. And I found out the hard way that it's pretty hard to have too many founders and have a successful kind of balance of life and, and your company growth. And what are some of the common misconceptions that people have about the startup world or starting a business that you can help dispel? I would say balancing, I don't know, just for me, being obsessed is a good thing. I don't think it's a negative. It's just when that obsession basically takes over a lot of your other life. So I think it's important that you have a balance of that because at the end of the day, it's only a product service, even though if you think it's changing the world. It's not at the end going to fully fulfill you. Sometimes it does, I guess. But overall, it's it's more important that you agree to get obsessed because I think anyone who we've seen successful, any athlete, if anyone's watched The Last Dance, Michael Jordan, I mean, being obsessed is what makes you successful. It's just balancing that type of mentality with the outside work life, kind of put it mm. in perspective. But I don't know if that answers it, but that's kind of how I approach because I've had many people tell me to give up an idea. I mean, 10 years ago, people said, stop worrying about lug less, you know, Shark Tank didn't take it. This is a failure. It's not going to ever get bigger than a million bucks. And I couldn't stop obsessing. And I have to say, it's been a lot of dark years and a lot of, you know, financial woes kind of still caring and, and focused on this space. But that obsession has, and failing through that obsession has led me to a really good spot in my life where I have perspective. I have a lot of joy outside of work, but at the core of me for my day job, which we all have to have one, and a passion is really luggage shipping. So that obsession is something that I, I think is paramount to have and not to you know listen to all the advice, but you have to let it sit and don't always take everyone you know serious. If I took everyone serious, you know, like the Shark Tank show, they all said it was stupid. If I listened to them, we wouldn't be thriving right now, even during this you know pandemic. It's just interesting to me that you know sticking with it is something that you need to do. No, I think that does answer it well. It's it is a common phrase that people use that you just have to go 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 and do whatever it takes, and there is certainly that you need to have the drive. But as you said, it has to be a balance too. So you can't let it all take you down. So I think that's, I think it is good advice. And do you have any sort of final big idea piece of advice? Think of a billboard that might give somebody some direction. I've been asked over the years, many different pieces of advice and it's usually stealing from other people. Just go back to what I, I know matters to me and a noticeable difference in my day. I would say make your bed every day. And I mm -hmm. see that for a couple of reasons. We cannot control what happens during that day good or bad, but it is important to start good habits. And by setting that habit, it just transcends into the rest of your day and it gets your brain thinking in that pattern. It's completing something and starting the day the right way. And then also, if you do have a bad day, 
There's nothing worse than coming home and realizing that your place is a mess and your bed is just what it was the night before as you're feeling what the bed looks like. It has for me on a bad day, as silly as it sounds, coming home and going into my bedroom and the bed being made. For some reason, I felt I accomplished this day and I was able to make my bed. And that at least is something that I control and hold on to. Yeah. If nothing else, you went home and and the bed was there for you. Yeah. And that's it. And I can, you know, slumber that night. And I know it may sound silly, but that's just the one thing I've noticed starting that has changed my days, good or bad, however they go. Uh, That's a good one. I'm working on my son with that and he's seven. (laughs) So there's a bit of resistance. So we'll see how that works out. I've tried to explain a bit of that concept to him, but he stares at me kind of blankly. Thank you very much for joining. What's the best place that people can find you online? Where should we point them to learn more about you? Yeah, for the company, obviously, got to plug it, lugless.com. But for me, LinkedIn slash IN, Brian Altamori. Great. Yes, we will link to that. Brian, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And you've brought some good insights and some ways that you can help travelers be a little bit more worry-free. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I hope you have enjoyed our conversation today. Remember, there will be show notes and links. You can find links to show notes from our Twitter page. Our Twitter handle is Safe Travels FM. I have a small favor to ask. This is a new show, and so far feedback has been great, but we could use a good boost. There are a lot of ways that you can help. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast player app. You can rate us on the Apple Podcast app. You can share it with friends. You can share it to social media. All of these things would help. I would really appreciate it. Thanks again. Safe travels.